Welcome to Wake Forest University Department of Counseling Podcast. I'm Dr. Bob Nations, your co-host, and we are delighted to bring this program to you for folks who may be interested in coming to study with our Master's in Counseling program, which we have a Master's in Counseling in Clinical Mental Health and in School Counseling, uh, both on campus and online. Uh, with me today is my co-host, uh, Dr. Cheyenne Carter. And Cheyenne, we've got another guest here today, and I'm glad that you're with us as well. Thank you. We sure do. It's so much fun getting to spend time with you, obviously. And then sure. this rotating third seat um, where we're able to learn from the expertise of our faculty members. Um, and I know at times, I think we've also had some students join the show. And I know we've also been in some conversations about having some alumni join us in the future. So listeners, please stay tuned for um, some increased variety, perhaps. But today we are joined by um, Associate Professor Dr. Mark Scholl. Um, here in the counseling department, and I'm super excited about getting to listen to him about some of the work that he's been doing with ex-offenders, yeah. um, specifically in the career counseling um, arena. So welcome, Mark. It's great oh, to have you. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Um, and the timing uh, is really good because we've, we've been doing this work for over five years. I've uh, been doing this work with uh, Brian Calhoun, Heidi Robinson, and uh, a former student of mine, Jason Perry, who's now a, a doc student at NC State. And so we've been doing these workshops with ex-offenders in the community. Um, some of us have been working together for five years, some of us as long as six or seven years, depending on which grouping of us mm -hmm. you, you're referring to. But what's great about this time is that we have some, uh, some data regarding outcomes of the work we've been doing. And this is kind of a, a first that we that we have this to report and we've completed a study. That sounds incredibly interesting. And I think it's neat as you're talking about um, who you've been working with, both Heidi Robinson, Brian Calhoun, alumni yeah. of our master's program exactly. in counseling. And so those continued relationships that are that are that um, have been established here in the program and then uh, watching our alumni do some really neat things in the community. Yeah. And what we're all united by is that we're, we all have a, a strong uh, career counseling background and we're using our career counseling skills with this uh, specific ex-offender population. Um, and what's, uh, what's unique about this approach that I really like is it's, it's a grounded theory uh, approach where you don't go in with a theory in mind, except we all have biases. Mm -hmm. You know, we all, sure. we're humanistic counselors, for example. Uh, we have some uh, cognitive behavioral leanings. But by and large, we go in and we collect the qualitative data. And then when we analyze it for themes, we go looking for a theory that fits and explains mm -hmm. the data. Mm -hmm. So it's a little scary. You know, it's kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know, flying without a net because it's like, what if we don't what if we don't find a theory that matches our data? But it's it's exciting when when you do, you know, so that's uh -huh. a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. And Mark, you've been doing this like you said, for five years. Yeah, at yeah. least. So yeah. It's, it's nice to be able to have that kind of uh, extensive time to study. Uh, a population. What's new about your study right now? What what have you um, come to this point of discovering and presenting? That's a great that's a great question, and it kind of goes uh, goes along with the theory that we found that really fits uh, our data is uh, one by Peggy Giordano called cognitive transformation mm -hmm. theory. 
So the exciting thing that we found was, you know, we would expect that folks who took a career development workshop would become better at interviewing skills, Mm -hmm. or they might become better at um, filling out a job application or making a good impression. But what we weren't sure of and what we were really gratified and and pleasantly surprised by was they also reported gains like um, increased overall communication skills, quality of relationships with uh, people in general, and an enhanced uh, sense of self-worth. So it was like um, there was a whole host of benefits in response to open-ended questions that were more holistic and transcended career development. Yeah. That is really fascinating. You know, when I think about the ex-offender population, that I think that there's so um, there's such a stigma about being involved in the criminal justice system. And what many people don't know is the high level of um, trauma backgrounds many people have. Yeah. Um, and not only trauma in earlier life um, and how that sometimes, you know, cycles over to addiction and to um, dysregulated nervous systems that play into emotion regulation and choices and all those things. And then being involved in the justice system, again, can have an incredibly traumatizing event. So, coming back out into society and trying to find your place and to be able to establish yourself as a worker to be able to support yourself and possibly families. I mean, that's such a, um, you know, in my mind, it's such a, um, it's such an empathetic place for you guys to take around that these people are really deserved, um, you know, the deservedness of these individuals and having support and in um, being able to rebuild their Mm self-concept in some way. Yeah, I think that's one of the benefits of having done this work for five or six years before getting to this point where we uh, report on data and uh, create a manuscript for publication is we learn to kind of um, adapt our approach to working with folks who have a lot of emotional problems in their past. And I think we've done a really nice job of blending um an emotional supportive environment with skill building too, so that we don't become too too business-like and impersonal, but we also take our time building rapport, um, making sure that people are at a place where they feel receptive to learning new things. And those things are strengths-based, and that's not easy for some of our folks. Mm-hmm. It takes some time and some orientation to say, this is really about your strengths. It's not about it's not about your past. It's not about your mistakes, but it's about identifying and expanding upon your strengths. And everybody has those. Yeah. And I I keep um, just an observation. I keep hearing from our Cheyenne, from our professors and and all the interest that they have uh, about how change is important, about how there's a compassion and a care for folks becoming well and doing better. And that's a big part of who we are and what we're about, not only in our department, but also our professors and all that they bring here. So that's something. And you you have... um, um, a great emphasis in in being a humanistic, mm-hmm. uh, theoretically oriented mm-hmm. uh, counselor and professor, and mm-hmm. and so that's what you bring to it as well. 
Uh, and that's also something that you, you see. And I imagine that's part of what you enjoy about working with the population of ex-offenders. Yeah, I do. There's there's kind of this this yearning and this uh, enthusiasm uh, for this refreshing approach that emphasizes wellness mm-hmm. and kind of let's talk about wellness or strengths and how you can uh, how you can first of all gain um, self awareness of your own strengths because that is for a lot of our clients a blind spot. Mm-hmm. And they're they're really often like a light bulb will go off and they'll say, I am good at this. This is the amazing thing to me and the really moving thing is that people will actually tear up or just cry because here are, in some cases, three of us with with a client affirming their strengths and encouraging them to expand upon their strengths without apology People will actually uh, be moved to tears by that kind of support. Well, yeah. it makes yeah. sense to me. It it's does. powerful. It does. Yeah. It, it's a powerful time. Well, and yeah. I, you know, I, I'm just thinking about again this. I don't think many people come into the counseling field with this idea that they want to work with ex-offenders. In fact, you know, some of the times when we talk with students about the populations that they would at the beginning maybe shy away from. Oftentimes it's these it's it's populations that maybe are involved with the justice system because again like the stigma and the misunderstanding and the not really seeing the mm-hmm. bigger picture mm-hmm. um, of all the different factors that may have played into someone's life that then led to, you know, choices um, that that led to um, to consequences. But I'm also thinking as I'm hearing you talk about this about how um, one of the neat things about our field is that there's so many different avenues to go down with your interests. And so for our listeners, especially those who are considering the counseling field, I hope that this is an encouragement around, um, you know, even though the foundation of what we do is counseling and there's a, a foundational you know, area of knowledge you're going to learn with us. From that point, you really can grow a career in so mm-hmm. many different mm-hmm. directions, working mm-hmm. with so many different populations. And it really can also change so over mm-hmm. your lifespan um, in the professional kind of arena. And that's mm-hmm. just really neat um, for me to get to hear about your particular interests. Yeah. Um, but really, the whole podcast, I think, mm-hmm. really highlights that with with other faculty as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the great thing is, is that this interest was stimulated by a student of mine whose previous career was that a probation officer. So so he became a counselor. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he said there's a real gap in the services we provide at the Department of Public Safety because, you know, there might be something on how to manage money or how to find housing. But there's they don't have a, a career development component. What if we, uh, you know, did that together and we could, um, you know, we could co-facilitate these. It started down as support groups, career development support groups mm-hmm. yeah, in Washington, North Carolina. It's, yeah. it's, it's always interesting what leads us into mm-hmm. areas of providing care, support, counseling, and, and what happens. That's a, that's a wonderful story about how yes. a student had brought this idea in as something that they were interested in and recognized a gap. And uh, for students, um, and Cheyenne, you said it so 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 well about students come in, and, and we prepare you to be uh, someone who 
uh, understands some great skills, uh, develops great counseling skills, and then your interests can be developed, uh, peaked here, but also can be expanded in whatever area that you want to go. And that's what's exciting about me is to find out where our students go, what interests they have, but also to hear today uh, Dr. Scholl talk about it in such a way that um, we hope students will be able, potential students will be able to see um, through these podcasts an idea of mm. what our faculty are interested in, what it's like, and how they have developed in their own interests and research. And hopefully we'll draw folks in to say, this is something I would like to learn not only to do, but how do I go about doing this? And so that's that's what's really exciting about this. And here, here Mark talk about it today, that's... Yeah, that fits so well. And yeah. we're we're open to learning about students. And when students come to us with something they're excited about, it could be uh, it could be very developmental for faculty too. It's a it's a two way street. It's reciprocal. And I think that might be surprising to some students is that you could come to a faculty member and say, I really have this this passion to do something for a population. And the faculty member would say, wow, that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. I never thought of myself working with that population, but here's an opportunity. And, and, and the idea of our being open to those possibilities. That's Absolutely. Yes. And I think it also highlights, and I know, you know Heidi and Brian that you're speaking of that you're working with used to be as you know, other alumni of our department. They also used to be on faculty with right, us. Right. Um, now they've moved over into a, another department where they're still doing career courses um, for students at Wake Forest. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's also this reflection even in that around the culture in the Department of Counseling of this being a really collegial department. And I think as students are um, you know, looking to choose programs or for possibly current students who are even mm -hmm. um, listening to this, you know, my, my, my hope is always that in the way that we form relationships with each other and that we support each other and that we engage in this profession together as faculty, that we're really modeling for students the value of collegial relationships mm. and the importance of developing a strong network because there's so much work to be done out there. Um, and if we're all trying to do it individually, it's going to be so much harder. And then the work that we do is also really hard. And so having the relationships where you can go back after sessions or workshops or different things and and brainstorm, but also just process what it's like for us to to step into the stories of other people and to experience their pain at times. Um, I just hope that that's something that, you know, our listeners who are in the mental health field um, will always, you know, kind of keep on the radar of the importance of having those strong relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another really exciting uh, development of the study, once we, um, you know, we collected our data, this, this was really exciting for me. Um, it's kind of kind of uh, me kind of geeking out on something <laughs> theoretical. So we adopted uh, Giordano's uh, model of cognitive transformation. What it predicts is at a later stage, the uh, ex-offender will be able to articulate a viable replacement identity. So we had actually asked them in our open-ended survey to describe the next chapter in their life to talk about where they see themselves in, in three, two to three years and talk about the next chapter. And we said, wouldn't it be great to use their responses to these questions to decide, there were four of us uh, rating responses, to decide yay or nay, did this person successfully articulate a viable alternative identity? And so we set up, using Giordano's motto, model, um, 
uh, three or four criteria that would say, yes, they did. For example, is their statement sufficiently detailed? Can you see what that identity would look like? Um, is it sufficiently forward-looking? Not something they're going to do in the next month, but something they're actually going to do a couple, at least a couple of years down the road. Um, is it something that's comprehensive enough to be a, an identity rather than just a facet of an identity? And when we did that and we applied it to their responses to these open-ended questions, we concluded that 7 out of 12, that's 58% of the participants, this wasn't an objective of the workshops, mind you. This was kind of mm -hmm. an outcome. Yes. So 7 out of 12 were able to articulate what we concluded was a viable replacement identity for themselves uh, after returning to the community. It's really exciting, it is you know, because yeah. if we were more intentional about it, uh -huh. we think we could have an even higher percentage of folks wow. who could do that. Well, and it really <clears throat> shows the layering of the work that you're doing. I mean, there is this work about teaching skills and helping people have the ability to, to gain employment, but you're mm -hmm. talking about the transformation of someone's identity. Yeah. I mean, that is yeah. so much um, larger yeah. and such a bigger impact in their entire life and relationships. That's incredible work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it just uh, it just foretells and and uh, predicts success at desisting from criminal activity and succeeding uh, in, in life after incarceration. Yeah, wow, it's exciting stuff. It yeah. is. <laughs> That's so good to hear, Mark. What uh, <clears throat> now? This is part of a series of yeah. career development that you've been working with the right. study that you're, you're, you're presenting today mm -hmm. is, is part of that. Are you concluding the series now or is it continuing? We're continuing with the okay. same workshops, which include an assessment workshop where folks identify their strengths. And then there's an interviewing skills workshop. Resume writing is the third. Okay. And the fourth is job search strategies. Based on these findings, it would be appropriate to have a fifth workshop mm -hmm. where folks work on kind of constructing these uh, narratives and sharing them with one okay. another and celebrating that they've all completed the workshop series. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that seems like a, a logical next step. It does. Yeah. And the evolution of the workshop series. Yeah. All right. Okay. We've got a few more minutes. Is there anything more we need to know or that you'd like to for us to know about? Well, your let's study? see. One of the things that was um, we also found from the, the you know, the review of the theoretical literature is sense of self-efficacy is a really key factor in folks being able to succeed um, when re-entering the community. And we did find through our qualitative analysis that self-efficacy was one of the themes mm -hmm. we concluded was, was, uh, was a prevalent theme throughout the responses. Uh, and, it, and it went by a variety of names. Some, in, in some sense, we have self-efficacy or increased uh, self-confidence was another one. But it was a strong theme, and it felt very validating to find that that was a prevalent theme, and that was also what uh, theoretical scholars had said was a key to being able to succeed 
mm-hmm. uh, for for like I like the term returning citizens. I like that. Oh, a that's, lot. that's yeah. absolutely that's much good. more yeah, strength. Good. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. Was um, in your research um, when you were kind of pulling the demographics? Um, did y'all pull kind of like the the average length of incarceration for this sample? No, we okay. didn't. It's more of uh, I would look at it more as a pilot, mm-hmm. in fact, because you know, admittedly, there were certain things we did not ask them about their past. And it goes part and parcel with kind of having a, a solution-focused orientation for our work to, with the, with the uh, clients. So, yeah, so we didn't ask some of these questions that we might admittedly say, this would be an improvement if we recreated the study with a fifth workshop, a larger sample perhaps, um, something that we might do in the future. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, again, I just think it's, it's amazing work. And I think the last time that I had heard a little bit about the series that you're doing, um, the location that you guys hold these, I think y'all were doing it at the library. Is that where y'all still are doing this? Yeah, but the interesting thing is it's a different library. So we were in the East Winston Library, um, the name uh, Malloy is a part of the library's name. And this was a great location because a lot of folks who live in shelters could easily walk there uh, or ride a bicycle there. Now we're on Fifth Street at the Central Library Branch, which is a it's a beautiful library, and it's right across the street from a, a community center um, for um, folks who are homeless. So it's a good it's a good location too. It's a much nicer, modern. You know, clean. It's got a lot of art, sculptures, paintings. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're doing it there now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a neat highlight, too, about, you know, finding ways. Um, one of the things I appreciate a lot about your work and about a lot of the work that our faculty do is about getting outside the walls of academia. You know, and you're, yeah. you know, you're obviously still doing, you know, counseling work and you're doing the academic research, but that, you know, you're going out into the community and forming partnerships with even, right. you know, even being at the library. I mean, that's, you know, you know, instead of expecting everything to happen here on campus about going out and finding where the people are and joining again, those like strong partnerships. Yeah. Um, I think that's just, again, a, a beautiful vision um, yeah, that you I guys should, have taken to fruition. I should mm-hmm. probably mention Jose Perez is a peer support specialist who works full-time for the library as well, and he hosts a lot of events. Like, they will have they will have movies and they will have social gatherings. Um, so he's a liaison to the homeless population, and he's our, he's our liaison. He also attends a lot of the workshops and participates and helps to publicize the workshops, too. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cheyenne, it's, it's interesting, too, to hear about uh, what Mark is talking about. We hear about solution-focused, self-efficacy, strength-based, wholeness. Once again, as, as he's doing his research and doing his work with the ex-offenders, but to see this as part of how, how counseling is not just about pathologizing something or having problems that you present all the time, but there's ways that we look at folks in a, in a, in a way that helps uh, them recognize their own strengths. And what a wonderful population and, and 
project that you all have done, Mark. Just oh. thank you for who you are and for what you bring and the, and the work that you're doing. Well, well thank you. Thank you so much. It. Gosh, I really appreciate it and the opportunity to, to share the work we're doing and to think that I owe it all to a master's student, Jason Perry, Absolutely. who said, would you like to do this with me? And I'm still include. We're still co-authors on these uh, on these manuscripts to this day. Oh, isn't that great? <laughs> really neat. We never know how our journeys are going to begin, Absolutely, <laughs> or Absolutely. where they're heading. All right. So, Mark, we hope to have you back soon. I'd love it. That. I'd so love thank it. you for being with us. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. Good. And we bid you all adieu. Mm-hmm.